0: Rachel Miller and thank you for joining me today on the Life is Hard God is Good podcast. I hope that you are doing well and that there is joy in your heart and I pray just that this episode would encourage you today. We are talking about some attributes of who God is because we know this world is full of all kinds of hardship but we can take heart because he has already overcome the world and knowing about who he is allows us to have confidence in him so that we will not be shaken no matter what this world brings. Today we're talking about God as sacrifice. Sacrifice is a theme that comes up a lot in the Bible. And we can see, we're going to kind of go through different areas in the Bible and what it says about sacrifice, and then decide what that means for us. But sacrifice, first of all, if you just Google what sacrifice means, it says that it's an act of slaughtering an animal or person or surrendering a possession as an offering to God or to a divine or a supernatural figure uh, means to offer or kill as a rel- religious sacrifice. Or if you look in the Merriam-Webster uh, dictionary, when you use sacrifice as a verb, it describes it as to offer as a sacrifice, to suffer loss, give up, renounce, injure or destroy, especially for an ideal belief or end, to sell at loss. So basically it's this idea of giving something up for something spiritual. Or giving up without an immediate gain, basically. And we know that sacrifice is important. In Hebrews nine twenty two it says, Without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness. And we know that we are humans and we mess up. We all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And there's no forgiveness without that shedding of blood. We know that because in Leviticus seventeen eleven it says, For the life of a creature is in the blood, and I have appointed it to you to make atonement on the altar for your lives since the is the lifeblood that makes atonement. That's what God was telling the Israelites, because they used to have to make sacrifices all the time um, to make atonement for their sin. And as our pastor says, all forgiveness is a form of suffering, because the shedding of blood brings forgiveness. It's not something that is easy or pretty. It's it's a hard thing to have to shed your blood. And if you're a Christian, we all know what it's like to be saved By someone else's blood. That we no longer have to make those sacrifices in order to uh, be okay to be in God's presence. Because he is holy, we are not. There are some cases where the Israelites kind of took things into their own hands and they were just immediately died because they were in God's holiness without... And they were unclean and that was not okay. God cannot tolerate sin. From the very beginning of time when we go to Genesis 3... And Adam and Eve have sinned. They ate the fruit, even though God told them not to. They noticed that they were naked, so they hid because they were ashamed. And uh, after God comes to them and he talks to them about what happened, we see in verse 21, the Lord made clothing from skins for the man and his wife, and he clothed them. So it doesn't say that he sacrificed an animal, but it's kind of implied here that someone had to die for there to be skins to cover the man and his wife that God covered their shame through the blood of some other creature. And then later in Genesis, we see Abraham, who we talked about this last week, um, as we talked about God as promise keeper, because he made a promise to Abraham that he would have a son. And he made a promise that he would have descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. But we also see in Genesis 22, I'm just going to read this little passage here about God coming to Abraham after Abraham finally has the son that he's been waiting for for years. Like he is an old man by the time this happens. And it says, after all, after these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, here I am. He answered, take your son. He said, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about what he wanted abraham to sacrifice his son on a mountain the one that he gave him his only son so abraham got up in the morning saddled his donkey and took with him two so abraham got up early in the morning saddled his donkey and took with him two of his young men and his son isaac he split wood for a burnt offering and set out to go to the place god had told him about so he didn't sit around thinking about this for a long time and try to decide if this was something that he should do or not Like I think, I know I do. Maybe some of you guys do too. Or if you feel like you hear something from God, it's like, "Mm, let me think about that. It says he got up early in the morning and he saddled up. Continuing in verse four. On the third day, notice that too, on the third day, it's his only son. And on the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go over there to worship and then we'll come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and laid it on his son, Isaac. In his hand, he took the fire and the knife and the two men walked along and the two of them walked on together. Then Isaac spoke to his father, Abraham, and said, my father. And he replied, here I am, my son. Isaac said, the fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. That's a powerful statement. Then the two of them walked on together. When they arrived at the place God had told him about, Abraham put the altar there and arranged the wood. He bound his son, Isaac, and placed him on the altar on top of the wood. He was willing to obey God. God told him to sacrifice his son, and he walked up that mountain. He knew it was happening. Then Abraham reached out and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. He replied, here I am. And he said, Do not lay a hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your only son from me. Do we ever withhold things from God, things that are precious to us, even though God gave them to us in the first place? Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it as a burnt offering in place of his son. And Abraham named that place the Lord will provide. So today it is said, It will be provided on the Lord's mountain. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, this is the Lord's declaration, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your only son, I will indeed bless you and make your offspring as numerous as the stars of the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your offspring will possess the city gates of their enemies, and all the nations on earth will be blessed by your offspring because you have obeyed my command. So Abraham did not withhold his only son. And we see in Hebrews that Abraham is in the great faith chapter, even though he was not a perfect human. We talked about this last week with um, God as promise keeper because Abraham tried to take things into his own hands. But he is indeed in the great faith chapter. In verse 17 of Hebrews 11, it says, By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. He received the promises, and yet he was offering his one and only son, the one whom the one to whom it has been said the one to whom it had been said your offspring will be called through Isaac he con- he considered God to be able even to raise someone from the dead therefore he received him back figuratively speaking and this is a huge point towards Jesus because Jesus was God's one and only son for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son and On the third day, he rose from the dead. And in this case, God told Abraham to sacrifice his son. And on the third day, he went up on that mountain and God provided a different lamb. Do we offer up like that? Do we offer up things that are precious to us, things that God has given us? Do we have our hands open for him to take it back? The Lord gives, the Lord takes away, but the name of the Lord is to be praised. We see more about sacrifices in Exodus 12 and 13 when the Israelites are enslaved in Egypt and there's all these plagues happening and the last plague is the Passover and God instructs the Israelites how to do Passover this was the very first Passover now it's a it's a celebration each year to remember how God passed over them and why he passed over them instead of striking the Egyptians wasn't because they were awesome people Instead, it says in Exodus twelve, thirteen, the blood on the houses where you are staying will be a distinguishing mark for you. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. No plague will be among you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So it's not anything that they did. It's the fact that the blood is covering them. It's not who's in the house. It's what's covering the house. The blood on the houses where you are staying will be a distinguishing mark for you. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. And even as the Israelites continue and they are free from Egypt, God delivers them, takes them through the Red Sea, and they go through the wandering in the desert, in the wilderness, and then God takes them to the promised land. That whole process, He's telling them how to live for them. And He comes and dwells among them in the tent or in the tabernacle, and He tells them how He can dwell among them because He is holy and they are not, so how can they be in His presence? And they have to make these guilt offerings, these sin offerings, these offerings that are without blemish and sacrifice them to cover them and their sin so they can be in his presence. And not even in the Holy of Holies, that was only for the the high priest once a year. So he'd make a sacrifice for the whole people. And there's this question that is implied here of like, how can they live in the presence of the Holy God with sin in their lives? And it's only because of these sacrifices because they couldn't do anything to make up for it. And they were constantly messing up just as we do today. We are constantly falling short of God's glory. And we know that this is all pointing towards Jesus because Jesus is the Passover lamb. He is the one who covers us. It's not about who we are. It's about his blood that covers us so that we are distinguishedly marked so that he will pass over us and we do not experience that judgment that we deserve. We deserve death. The wages of sin is death, but God sent Jesus in Luke 22, seven, it says in the day of the, then the day of unleavened bread came when the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. And this is the preparation for Passover right before Jesus went to the cross. And how beautiful is it that it was happening during the Passover time because the real Passover lamb was there and he was going to be the sacrifice to cover our sins. He was the perfect, blameless, righteous, pure sacrifice. And in Hebrews, the whole, like Hebrews 9 and 10, those two chapters cover a lot of why Jesus is the greater sacrifice that covers us, covers all people for all time who trust in him. Those who trust in him, put their faith in him. You are covered by his blood and you don't have to do anything You can't do anything on your own to earn your salvation. It's only through His blood. Because the letter of Hebrews was to the Jews of that time, because they were used to all these old practices of having to make sacrifices and having to um, atone for their sins. But now, because Jesus had come, this is kind of explaining to the Jews, like, yes, this is how it was, but now something greater has come. Someone greater has come. The greater sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice has come, and He has covered you. He has atoned for you. In Hebrews 9, verses 24 through 28, it says, For Christ did not enter a sanctuary made with hands, which was only a model of the true one, but into heaven itself, so that he might now appear in the presence of God for us. He did not do this to offer himself many times, as the high priest enters the sanctuary yearly with the blood of another. Otherwise, he would have to suffer many times since the foundation of the world. But now he has appeared one time at the end of the ages for the removal of sin by the sacrifice of himself. And just as it is appointed for people to die once and after this judgment. So also Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time. Not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. So he made one sacrifice. He was sufficient. He doesn't have to go in. Once a year to make a sacrifice. No, it covered us completely and fully. And He is the worthy sacrifice. In Revelation 5, it says, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slaughtered and you purchased people for God by your blood from every tribe and language and people and nation. You made them a kingdom and priests to our God and they will reign on earth. He is the only one that is worthy. So what does this all mean for us? Because we don't make sacrifices like the Israelites did. And Jesus was a sacrifice for us. So what does that mean for us? Well, if you have not put your faith in Jesus, my friends, I would highly encourage you to do that. What is holding you back from giving your life to Jesus, the one who sacrificed his life for you? He invites you to this free gift of salvation. He paid for already. Put your faith in Him. Even the demons believe that God exists and they shudder. It's not just knowing that He is real. It's putting your faith in Him, your hope in Him, and loving Him. We also, if you are a Christian and you have done that, we are called to live as sacrifices. Our lives are His. He made us. He bought us with His blood. He makes us new. He redeemed us. And so we are all His. And in Ephesians 5 verses 1 through 2, it says, therefore be imitators of God as dearly loved children. When we are in Him, we are His children and part of His family. And walk in love as Christ also loved us and gave Himself for us as sacrificial and fragrant offering to God. So in the same way, we should be reflecting that and living in a way that's sacrificial and loving to God and to others. We are not worthy sacrifices. The way that we live is not something that can cover us and make it so that we can get into heaven with our good actions. Our righteous acts are like filthy rags, and that's not going to cover the shameful things that we do. But by His grace and His mercy and His rich love, He lavished upon us through His Son, We have salvation through him. He paid for it. We just have to accept it. He was the worthy sacrifice. And he covers that so that we can be in God's presence. If you are in him, you are free. And the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in you. And you don't have to do anything to make it to him. But instead, he made a way for us By coming to us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so now, we have this choice to offer ourselves up as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, which is our spiritual act of worship. And we want to bring Him our first fruits, not our leftovers. We want to bring Him the best of us. We want to be a living sacrifice for Him laying ourselves on the altar, allowing Him to work in our lives however He wants us to. We don't need to earn that forgiveness, but now freely we can offer our lives which have been covered, set free, and made alive. Out of the overflow of the love and in light of His example of sacrifice, we can sacrificially love Him and love others, which is not an immediate reward, and it's not easy, but it's humbly, giving ourselves for the good of others it's not popular it's not trending on instagram or tiktok but we can thankfully give every aspect of our lives to him who made and redeemed us how can you live as a sacrifice for him is he calling you to something that you're thinking and praying about when you know that you just need to step out into obedience just like abraham is it in your career? Is it something that he's calling you to speak to a coworker about or make a decision that's not a popular one, but you know is what he wants you to do? Is it in your neighborhood? My friends, our neighbors are anyone that God sets in our path. It's not someone necessarily that looks like you, thinks like you, talks like you. It's anyone that God sets in your path. We are to love our neighbors as ourselves. Is He calling you to sacrifice in your day-to-day habits? Is there something that you do that maybe isn't outright wrong, but you know you could be doing something much better with your time? Maybe you're just spending aimless time on social media, scrolling through and looking at other people's highlights in their lives and comparing yourself to them instead of giving that time where you could be spending time with the Lord in prayer or doing a Bible study Maybe it's a show you're watching that isn't necessarily a bad show, but is it filling your heart and your mind more than His Word? We know, as we talked about last week, His Word is true for all people for all time. It goes out and does not return to Him empty. When we fill ourselves with His Word, it helps us to be more in line with His heart and know what we ought to do with our lives. It helps us remember that he loves us deeply, that we are his children, and that we too should love him and love others. Is he calling you to sacrifice with your time, your talents, your treasure? Are you giving him? Are you giving him time? Are you giving him the gifts and abilities that he has given you? All that we have belongs to him. Are you holding back your money or are your hands open to give as he wants you to give? The money that we have is not ours. He gives us these money, these resources so that we can live. We have food. We have a shelter over our heads. So we have clothing. And it's not bad to do fun things, but we also want to make sure that we're giving. The money that he gives us is his. How can we steward that well? The sacrifices that we make don't save us. Instead, sacrifice is an act of worship to the one who saved you. I pray that you would think about some ways that you can sacrifice. Not as a way to save you, but as an act of worship. We want to be living sacrifices for him, consecrated, set apart. Thanks for joining me today for the Life is Hard, God is Good podcast. Please join us next week as we continue diving into who... God is, and what that means for us in our day-to-day lives, because we can always be encouraged that he is good in all things, no matter the hard things that surround us. You can find us on Instagram at Life is Hard, God is Good Podcast. You can join our Facebook group. We are on many different podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can rate, write reviews, share with your friends. Please let us know how God is speaking to you through his truth. May the Lord bless you and keep you.